Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are glad that you are here. At Christ Church, we believe that God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. As we journey through the Bible together, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the Word of God bless you today. Our Gospel reading for the day comes from Matthew 3, verses 13 through 17. Glory to you, O Lord. So then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up out of the water, Suddenly, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw God's Spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Have you ever felt like there was something that God wanted you to do? Anna, <laughs> you, can't, you can't hold it in, can you? It's so clear. Have you ever felt like there's something that God wanted you to do? Especially, have you ever felt like there's something God wanted you to do that you didn't really want to do? Or something that you felt like you needed to do, that it's the right, important thing to do, but it's going to be hard. And you could think of so many more reasons why not to. Here, here is a very small example from my life. I, I know that I will do my best if I get my workouts in at the gym early in the morning before my family wakes up. Once the sun is up and the day is off and it's hard to get that workout in, in order to make it to my workout class, I have to be up at 4.30. There are great coaches there. There is a great group of, of fellow early risers. It's, it's, it's an intense time, but it's only an hour and then it's done. And afterwards, I feel great. Exhausted, but great. I know what's the right thing for me, the thing that I should do to stay healthy. I know all of that, and yet every single morning that my alarm goes off at 4.30, I have to have a full-on debate with myself. I make a very convincing argument as well to uh, why I should pull the covers up and nestle back into the warmth of sleep. 
But what I believe is probably God priming my conscience, I cannot go back to sleep. The guilt, the disappointment, they all conspire to kick me out of the bed so that off I go. Now, plenty of times I do fall right back to sleep, so don't get me wrong here. It's, it's quite easy to do that. But I know what's best and what will make me happier for the rest of the day and contribute to my health is to consent to the right thing, to go exercise. But here's the thing. When I slack off, as easy as it is to be hard on myself for not sticking to it, the fact of the matter is I have another chance to start again. There is always tomorrow. Just because I messed up today, I didn't do it today, it doesn't mean that I shouldn't go for the rest of the week. It doesn't mean that it's all for nothing. I'll never succeed. Yet again, I fail. That's not the case. I'll have a 4.30 in the morning the very next day. And actually, before that, there's a water rower in my bedroom that Ellen gave me for Christmas two years ago, so I could do that. Also, I have some running shoes. I could go out for a jog. And at the very least, I could take the dog for a walk. There is always an opportunity to do the thing that is right. Maybe it's a health thing for you. you know, wanting or, or needing to, to move just a little bit more. Maybe eat a little healthier, a little, a little less sugar. That's it for me. And shame is a terrible motivator based on past failures. But the chance to start again, well, that is always on the table. Maybe it's a relationship for you that, that needs some attention. Maybe a conversation that you need to have, but you really would rather not. Maybe it's something at work. You know it's time for a change, but it's easier to, to maintain the familiar, to keep the status quo. Maybe, and this is one of the, the hardest, maybe it's letting go of something that you've been holding on to. Maybe you need to be able to, to let something go. Maybe you used to be able to do some things that you can't do anymore. And that's something that you just need to let go. Maybe it's facing a difficult reality in your life. I, I was talking to a friend recently, and he gave me permission to share this. I was talking to him about a struggle he had very recently to come to terms with a drinking problem. It didn't start out as a problem. He, he didn't think that he was an alcoholic. He knew what alcoholics were. That was not him. Yet when he looked at how much his drinking had increased over the last couple years, just gradually, and he noticed that he was a little embarrassed about how much he was drinking and he was so he was hiding some of the bottles from his family, he began to think that there was a problem that he needed to address, that he needed to give up alcohol. He told me how he had to recently work up the courage to tell his wife that he had been hiding this from her 
And yet it was the best thing they'd ever done in their marriage after being one of the hardest things. And then he said, just just the other day, he said that he had worked up the courage to, to tell some of his colleagues at work that he was struggling with alcohol and depression. And he said, Drew, you know what happened? As soon as we were done, I got eight text messages from those who were there telling me of their own struggles hiding alcohol, telling me of the the need that they had for some help. They wouldn't have done that if they hadn't heard from him about this problem they were having. He said, I think I was able to help a little by sharing his story. I said, you know, I think, brother, you were able to help a lot. He helped them see what God had helped him see, that there was something that he needed to do, and then he consented to it. There are failures, mistakes along the way, but there is always the opportunity to start again, to change to what John the Baptist and Jesus call repent. Now, repentance is good news. It is not a word of shame. There is enough shame on you in the world, but Jesus' approach of helping us heal and grow is different. He comes at it from another angle, another side of shame. He comes at it from the grace side. He doesn't say, shame on you for screwing up again. He says, I love you. Now let me help you change. Let's start today. Let's try again. Maybe it was just yesterday that you were on the right track, and so it's just a little course correction, or maybe it's been 20 years of discovering new and more painful rock bottoms below what you thought was the lowest bottom there was. And Jesus says, I love you. Let me help you change. Let's start today. Today we heard of Jesus' baptism by John the baptizer. John, you may remember, was the son of Elizabeth and Zechariah. You remember the old priest who saw the, the angel? We talked about him right before Christmas. John's their son, all grown up. He lives out in the wilderness. He's got a following of people who are looking for the Messiah the Savior. John preached sermons about getting ourselves ready for the Savior, about needing to change our lives to make way for the Savior. Repent, he would say. And then he would immerse his followers in the waters of the Jordan River, signifying this washing away of their old lives, along with all of their mistakes. It wasn't long ago that we were talking about the baby Jesus, just last week, in fact, with the Magi. The Gospels were then mostly silent on Jesus' growing up years, so before you know it, he's in his 30s, and he's come to John the Baptist. Now, it was John's mission to prepare the way for Christ, but, but very few knew that Jesus was the Christ the day that he came down to the river. But John felt it. He knew in his heart what Jesus wanted him to do. And Jesus wanted John to baptize him. 
The Bible says John would have prevented him. John tried to stop him from being baptized. Even though John the Baptist had some resistance to what Jesus needed from him. John baptized people who needed to turn their lives around, to get on the right path. But Jesus was the right path. Jesus is the right path. What he is doing, so, so if Jesus is the right path, what is he doing here with the regular old sinners like us? What good is baptism for him? What does he need to repent of? John says, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me? Jesus answered him, let it be so now. This is the way to make all things right. Jesus begins his ministry on earth with John. And John resists Jesus, but Jesus helps John see things are going to be better than John could have imagined. John, who taught others to repent, now has to repent himself. And he consents to what Jesus needs him to do, even though he doesn't understand. We can consent to what God is calling us to do, even if we don't understand it, even if we don't have all the details, even if we don't have the guidebook that tells us how it's all going to work out. We can still start today. John obeys Jesus, even though he doesn't understand fully what he's being asked to do. But when he does, when John obeys Jesus, God uses John to show the whole world who Jesus is. Because John baptized Jesus when he didn't feel worthy, because John submitted to Jesus' will, because John welcomed Jesus into his arms, because John went down into the waters with Jesus, and Jesus went down into the waters with John, because Jesus was baptized by John, what God does reveal is hope for the world. Because just as Jesus came up from the waters, suddenly the heavens were opened and God's spirit descends like a dove and a voice from heaven says, this is my son. This is my son, the beloved, with whom I'm well pleased, by the way. Jesus said he needed to be baptized to fulfill righteousness. That means to make all things right. Righteousness, to make things right. Jesus didn't come to be baptized because he needed to repent. He came to be baptized because we do. Where we are broken and in need of healing, there Jesus is too. That's why Jesus came to be baptized. There is a lot that is broken and in need of healing, would you say? we got a pretty long prayer list today. There is a lot. There's a great deal of despair and confusion in the world. The world needs to see a new way. We all need to see where our ways can become more holy. And that way begins wherever you are right now. I was reading this week about a man named Bill. Bill was a pretty successful guy living in Ohio in the 1930s. 
but he started drinking at a young age, and by adulthood, he had a major problem that landed him in the hospital many times. One day in the hospital, two men showed up and asked Bill if he wanted to be made well. The men were called Bill W. and Dr. Bob. They were the founders of Alcoholics Anonymous. And Bill became one of the earliest members of AA. His story is included in the AA Big Book. Bill said he had to finally surrender to God to admit that he had a problem and consent to be made well. And eventually, through the support of the people that he met in AA and the power of God, Bill regained his health. And then he continued to go to meetings to be with the people because he was so grateful. And Bill said, he said, I've heard something over and over in these meetings. People get up and make the same statement. They say, I came to AA solely for the purpose of sobriety, but it's been through AA that I've found God. The new way begins wherever you are. Coming out of the waters with Jesus again and again. Helen Wodehouse is a British philosopher in the early 20th century. She wrote that, you know, we think we must climb to a certain height of goodness before we can reach God. But God doesn't say, at the end of the end of the way, you may find me. God says, I am the way. I am the road under your feet. The road that begins just as low down as you happen to be. If we are in a hole, the way begins in a hole. The moment we set our face in the same direction as God's, we are walking with God. Jesus came to be baptized with us. Because baptism is a sign that points to what God has done for us. God has called us. God has cleansed us of our sins. God sets us on the way to be made right and healed and marked forever as God's own child. Baptism symbolizes our beginning a new life one where we walk with Jesus forever. And so it is right to fulfill all righteousness that Jesus meets us here in the waters where our journey of faith to healing begins today. We come to remember our baptisms because it reminds us that we are always given the opportunity to embrace the will of Jesus for us to welcome him into our arms, to feel the all-encompassing powers of grace around us like waters in which we are submerged to this ever-moving stream of love and to emerge with Christ, to hear the words with Jesus for us, for you, today. This is my child. This, this this is my child. This is the beloved. This you with whom I am well 
pleased. Amen. You have been listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored you joined us. If you're in Harrisburg, we welcome you to join us for worship on Sundays at 1030. To find out more about our church as well as the free health services we offer, visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org. Our theme music is by Lucian Kemper. I hope today's sermon blessed you and you'll join us again. Until then, may God be with you.